This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Of course you are. Arsenal on top of the league right now. You could not be any happier if you tried. What a fantastic weekend that we've enjoyed. Uh, nothing to endure, just positivity. Brilliant wins great goals and some fantastic time with friends, I'm sure, as course. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. We're bringing you this evening our preview of the game against Buda Glimt in the Europa League. Yes, there is Europa League action. Don't want to dampen that momentum, but these are important games still and Arsenal need to make sure that they win them to come top of the group and give the opportunities to players that aren't necessarily playing too many minutes their chances on the field. I'm looking forward to what will hopefully be a really good game of football and one that hopefully will not incur any kind of injury. I am a little bit worried about the artificial pitch and all of that stuff, but we'll talk a lot more about that on the preview show tonight. Good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Good morning to Matt G and Kaiser and Carl and Stephen and Paul and Stevie and Dave. It feels like there's like pairs of names coming forward now. And Zanolu and Inga and Tony and Jimmy. Good morning, guys. Uh, we've got Alpha and Anthony and PJ and NSW and Louie. Uh, Marcus and Rancid, good morning, everybody. Everybody else as well, of course, who I can't unfortunately say hello to everybody. But thank you so much for tuning in, as always. As I said before, drop a like, subscribe if you're new, and get involved in the latest football prize, uh, which is a brand new competition, which for the first 12 hours will, of course, be at a reduced price. Link to this is in the description. You can win uh, two hospitality tickets to see Arsenal take on Zurich in the Europa League. Uh, and also, it's not the only prize you'll win. You'll also win a stunning signed and framed shirt from the 22-23 season with the Arsenal squad all having signed it. What a prize this is. You can see it on your screen if you are listening on audio platforms and tell you that it's the what looks to be the away yellow kit of last season signed by the 
Arsenal squad, um, which is one of my favourite shirts anyway, and signed by a whole load of Arsenal players from the current squad. So certainly worth one getting involved in. Uh, moving forwards, um, Inokan Wepu had to retire at the age of 24. The Brighton midfielder, former Red Bull Salzburg midfielder. I remember doing a show about Inokan Wepu, a tactical breakdown, in fact, on him when he was at Salzburg. I wanted Arsenal to go for this guy because he was just so talented, could play at right mid, could play at centre mids, offered stuff going forwards, offered stuff defensively. Um, a really good player. And it's so sad to know that he's had to retire from football because they've discovered um, a heart condition that the doctors have advised that he should not continue football because of. In a way, of course, it is good news because they've discovered it early, which is obviously a good thing, um, which means he won't face that same risk had they not have found it. But obviously, it's such a sad, sad story. And I didn't want to skip over it at all because... We've talked about Enoch and Weppu on the pod before, and you guys know that I do follow Salzburg, and so I knew all about Weppu prior uh, to his move to Brighton, way prior to it. Um, really sad, but yeah. The bright side is they, of course, did find out uh, early enough to warn him. Um, Luis Diaz suffered an injury against Arsenal in the game, and he's said now to be missing for as many as 10 games. Quite a considerable problem. And this relates to Arsenal, because Arsenal are playing uh, against Manchester City in regarding a supposed title race and Liverpool was set to play Manchester City this coming weekend and they'll be without Luis Diaz, giving Man City a much better opportunity to win that game. So that's a bit of a frustration for Klopp and potentially Arsenal fans hoping that Liverpool could have done us a favour. Pablo Marie helped Monza up to 12th in Serie A with a goal in their game against Spezia, winning 2-0. Uh, certainly worth having a look at the highlights of this game. It's important that Monza stay up because if Monza do stay up, Arsenal will then be paid a obligatory purchase clause included in Pablo Marie's contract around €7 million Euros or so. I think it's something like £6.1 million potentially Arsenal would be getting hold of if they were to see Monza stay up. So a nice little boost financially for next summer could really do. If you consider that's the amount of money we paid for Martinelli, you can start to see what kind of players you can get with that amount of money. So definitely worth it. Speaking of low knees scoring, Pepe scored in a 3-2 Nice victory. Uh, it was important that they got those three goals because Trois came back late on with two of their own. So they won 3-2. We want this type of thing to happen. We want Pepe to be scoring. We want him to be doing well because we need to make sure that we're in a good position to try and sell him in the summer of 2023. So that's where we need him to be. So good news for Arsenal that Pepe is scoring. Scored in midweek as well against Benfica, so certainly worth pointing that out. Now, Arsenal are not named amongst any number of clubs for this story. However, it is left very much up to interpretation. Fabrizio Romano says that there are clubs in England that are interested in Red Bull Salzburg forward Noah Okafor. Uh, Swiss uh, forward can play as a striker, can play as a wide forward, fulfills a lot of the kind of um, needs Arsenal have got of that versatile forward that can play in multiple positions. Hence why, without any club so far being named from the Premier League, I've included this story in our Arsenal News Roundup because I think Okafor would be an interesting profile for Arsenal to consider moving forward. Certainly one that you need to keep your eyes on, keep them on your radar, add them to your list of players to watch. Certainly an interesting talent, again, coming from that RBS side of things. Um, now, Arsenal are said to be interested in signing Robert Renan. I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly, but the Corinthians defender 
only 19 years of age. I really haven't heard all that much about this guy. Um, but he's, as I say, a left-footed centre-back playing for Corinthians. Arsenal are indeed being linked to a lot of left-footed centre-backs at this point in time. We were, of course, linked uh, to Piero Hincapi of Bayer Leverkusen as well. Um, and when I interviewed Lee Scott from FM Analysis about uh, Hincapi, one of the things that he talked about in that breakdown was that he felt that Arsenal are better off not going for players that have moved from South America to Europe, but instead looking to South America first and trying to find those players um, within the South American continent before they've moved to Europe. And actually finding the opportunity to sign players like a Robert Renan, 19-year-old, etc., the opportunity to sign a left-footed centre-back of that age would be really, really beneficial to Arsenal. So, yeah, keep your eyes on him. Interesting young player. Uh, another potential um, option for Arsenal. But don't sleep, as I see a comment from Olu in the chat box, on Austin Trusty, who's doing very well at Birmingham, playing on the left side of a back three as a centre-back. So we already have a potential future replacement. We may not even need to sign someone. So certainly worth keeping an eye on him. Uh, Arsenal target Cody Gakpo's Leeds move is said to be in doubt. Arsenal have been linked with Cody Gakpo for some time. However, according to David Ornstein of The Athletic, Real Madrid's interest, other interests from big clubs, is said to have the mindset of the Dutch forward looking well above that of Leeds United. Now, Leeds did try to sign Gakpo at the end of the 22 summer window, uh, unsurprisingly so. He's a very, very good player and has been absolutely brilliant for PSV again this season, continuing a fine goal-scoring record in which he got over 30 goal contributions last season. Has done very, very well this season already. If Arsenal were to move for him, he would want assurances about playing time. Does he get into the Arsenal starting eleven right now? No, but what he would certainly do is give op options for Arsenal to rotate. And if he wants to be playing for a top, top side, he might need to be willing to take some time on the bench to rotate and fight for his place in the squad. But he is going to be going up against Gabriel Martinelli, who, according to reports, is in potential talks over a new deal all the way through until 2028. He spoke to the Arsenal media in the mix zone and, of course, the national media as well after the game against Liverpool in which he came out and basically said that he's very happy at Arsenal and he wants to stay. He also confirmed that talks are ongoing with his representatives and that we'd have to wait and see. But it's really positive to hear this news about Gabby Martinelli because it's the type of news that we want to hear after he's just gone and bagged a massive goal against Liverpool. Looks positive. Of him, Saka and Saliba, I'm most confident about Martinelli followed quickly by Saka. And of course, hopefully we can get some positive news on William Saliba's potential future contract in the coming weeks and months. And our headline story of the day, we obviously talked in yesterday's roundup of the Arsenal-Liverpool game about a video that emerged on a jewellery channel about Aubameyang talking quite critically of Mikel Arteta's ability to manage, quote, big characters. Now, he has since come out onto Twitter and tweeted yesterday. He said, aware there is a video out that was recorded just after I arrived at Barca. It's funny he says that because I actually said in yesterday's show that I thought that it had been recorded quite some time ago. It just had the feeling of that. He has confirmed that is indeed the case. He continues by saying, at the time, I still had a lot of bad feelings in me. Arsenal are doing great things this season and I wish all my old guys well. Just not on November 6th, which of course is when Arsenal play Chelsea. Uh, now full focus on tomorrow, um, in which obviously Chelsea play in the Champions League. 
Does this absolve what was said? Um, I mean, he's not necessarily apologised, has he? <laughs> he's just said, at the time, I had a lot of bad feelings. He's not exactly apologised for what he said. Do I want an apology? No, not particularly. I don't particularly care what ends up happening to Aubameyang, I've, because it makes it a lot easier knowing that Arsenal are doing fantastically well at this point in time. There is an irony about this situation. Perhaps if Arsenal weren't doing so well, maybe he would have a little bit more, like, you know, uh, laugh, jokes, all of that funny stuff about Arsenal. But to be honest, I am very much enjoying uh, what Arsenal are getting on with. And as Nav says in the chat box, we move. Uh, We don't need to linger on this one anymore. We know that Arteta has dealt with big characters. He dealt with them by booting them out of the club and Arsenal are a lot better for it. Anyway, that brings us to an end of part one, which means we're going to move to part two and your questions after this short break. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lovely stuff. Uh, yeah, look, yesterday, Sunday, not yesterday, but day before yesterday. Um, it feels like Monday for some reason for me, but it's Tuesday. Um, Sunday was Sunday was great. Sunday was absolutely wonderful. Uh, even though, you know, I was working the game and it's an absolute privilege to be able to work the games. Um, I wasn't there for this one. I was working it from home. But it's just such a privilege to be able to watch this Arsenal team, write about this Arsenal team, talk about this Arsenal team. It's a privilege to have such an amazing chat box like you guys to be able to talk to, answer questions from and discuss with when we do these members podcasts as well as we're going to be doing this evening, of course, for the preview show. It's great. So thank you for the continued support. Thank you for making this all possible. I don't take it for granted. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Only 34% of you still are not subscribed to the channel and you watch Just double check if you have indeed clicked that subscribe button because it might be that you've not yet and it's just popping up as a recommended video on your feed. Help us get to 40,000 subs. Okay, let's go into the chat. Uh, Matt G says, of the following players we were linked with in the summer, Tielemans, Douglas Louise, Danilo, Mudrik, Neto, Asensio and Gakpo, who gets into our first 11? Great question. The answer, none of them. And that is a good thing. Trust me. We want them to be none of them because we want to be able to add competitive depth. The only way that Arsenal are adding anyone that gets into their starting eleven right now is that if they sign a genuinely top, top, potentially even world-class player in any position. If you go through the team, Ramsdale, who are you going to get to beat him? 
Ben White's been brilliant. Saliba and Gabriel have been really strong. Um, you go to Zinchenko, Ortini at left back. Partey, Odegaard, Xhaka, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. How are you on earth are you going to find anyone to come in and, and start over those guys? It's great that we're in this position. It's great that we've put ourselves in this position. And you know what's really funny? <laughs> is that actually the only player that played against Liverpool that wasn't already an Arsenal player was Gabriel Jesus. Yes, of course, we brought William Saliba back and integrated into the team. But it's amazing how just one add one player returning from loan has changed so much. Zinchenko has been great, and I love that as a signing, but his injuries are starting to raise a couple of red flags with me. But still, you know, that shows you just how much of a difference it makes to take out, say, I don't know, an Abamyang or a Lacazette and put in a player like Gabriel Jesus, put in a player like Saliba and just see how much of a difference it makes. Um, it's incredible. Uh, Azad says, why are we still looking for non-established players when we should be looking for players to take us to the next level? Azad, the reason for this is because big clubs do this. <laughs> you know, big clubs aren't just about signing players that are of world-class talent. You go look at Manchester City. They've signed young players from South America. Alvarez came in, of course. They're signing young players like Savio, who's gone off to on loan to PSV. You know, it happens. Big clubs sign these players. They want to provide depth to themselves. It's not always that the players that they sign are immediate starters. You think about when they signed Nathan Ake for a ridiculous fee. He wasn't exactly a starter. It's about adding competitive depth. You're right, Arsenal need to absolutely go out and sign established stars and players that are going to take Arsenal to that next level. That happens more so in the summer transfer window than in the January transfer window. It's much more tricky to sign players of that kind of top, top, top level in January. Very rarely happens. Does happen, but very rarely. But the big clubs still sign these types of players, Azad. So it's quickly forgotten and you shouldn't forget it. Uh, let's go to HB who says, should Arteta tell Jesus to pick up a tactical yellow card against Leeds for Southampton so that he definitely saves his suspension for Chelsea? I see what you're saying, HB, and it's a fair one. You know, when do we want Jesus to pick up this yellow card? I'd rather he didn't pick up any. I don't want him to miss any game. So it should be on him really to avoid yellows as much as feasibly possible. He'll know what he that he's on a yellow uh, a card away from a suspension. We obviously know that we can go to Stanford Bridge with Eddie and Ketia and still win. Wink, wink. Um, but uh, I just think that it's, it's just one of those that's going to hang over him now. He needs to try and avoid getting yellows. It's kind of ridiculous that he's already up to four yellow cards. He's been making these professional fouls. That's kind of, I think, a trickle-down process from his time at Manchester City. I think that needs to come out of his game. Yes, professional fouls are important, but you don't need to rack up four yellow cards in the first eight games of a season. It's not healthy, especially when you know that you're the number one striker and there's a considerable quality gap to the one behind you. Uh, Esmond says, which team will benefit the most from the World Cup? Uh, teams further down the table that don't have as many international players. It's pretty simple. Uh, in that sense. But to be honest, I think there are benefits of players going to the World Cup. It keeps them warm. It keeps, not in the sense of the weather in Qatar, but in the sense of actually playing football. You know, it keeps them competitive. It keeps them playing. It keeps them into that kind of process of continually playing football, which you wouldn't have if you were staying behind. I know that Arteta is planning on taking the players potentially away for a warm weather training camp, those that end up staying. I want Martinelli to get picked for Brazil. I want White to get picked for England. I think it would do I think it would do great things for their mentality, for their morale. It would keep them pushing forwards. It give them that reward for what has been a great start to the season. They deserve it. I want to see them going. Uh I really don't buy into the whole I don't want anyone going away. It's as simple as that. Uh Richie Rich says Tom why aren't owners credited with Arteta's trust and spending? Still I see several fan channels against the owners because it's very difficult, Richie. 
it's very difficult to say that you appreciate even like what the owners have done from my perspective i'm very appreciative that they've been more patient than i was with arteta because i I'd, I'd lost patience uh in fact i watched back the video i did after the vrl game my goodness <laughs> my goodness i sit there going he has to be sacked 100 percent. he has to be sacked. And i look back at it now and i'm like wow tom like, how wrong were you? <laughs> how wrong you were in that moment? I'm so glad I was wrong. And I'm so glad that the owners don't listen to fans in this sense. Because, you know, even, I, I think of myself as a fairly objective, grounded person regarding talking about Arsenal. But, you know, even I can fly off the handle a little bit sometimes. And they've had that composure and that groundedness that I lacked to say, no, we trust this guy. We think that he is going to take Arsenal forwards. We are being encouraged. They obviously see a lot more than I do. It's very difficult, though, to like the Cronkies, like KSE. One of the big reasons, and this is, I remember when we did the live show in uh, North East London um, at the Ridley Road Social Club, one of our, uh, one of the people in the crowd, Russ, Russ Morgan, who obviously listens into uh, lots of, of people's channels and has appeared on, on Lee Judges TV as well. Uh, remember Russ talked about kind of the owners and I know he's not a big fan of the owners at all but from my perspective I think it's very difficult when people think of the uh, of the Cronkies basically robbing say 10 years of competitive Arsenal football that there is this association with Arsenal from say 2007 to 2018 potentially even further than that without too much success. Yes, we won FA Cups, but it wasn't ever kind of, there was this frustration around us not spending. Now for me, I kind of put things in a box and, you know, get over them. And I also kind of look at the perspective of they took over the club fully in 2018. So I think it's only fair that I judge them as an owner of a football club from 2018. I'll judge them as a majority shareholder before that, but I think there is a clear difference between a majority shareholder and an owner of a football club. I will judge an owner far greater. And to be honest, at the start of their ownership, it wasn't good. The Super League fiasco, you know, we were still finishing eighth in the table. We were losing to Unai Emery's VRL. It still wasn't that good, you know, in my feelings towards them. But I couldn't necessarily see the bigger picture at that point. I can see the bigger picture now. I can see how much they've invested now. I can see how much we've spent now. And I can see the decisions that have been made behind the scenes and on the field to construct a team and construct a staff that are putting Arsenal into the position that they are in now. And I'm very appreciative of it. But it is a very difficult thing, Richie, for a lot of Arsenal fans to credit the Cronkies because of so many years where venomously the majority, nearly all Arsenal fans were against them. And so there's kind of, I think, this feeling that 10 years of Arsenal football at the top level has potentially been robbed from people. And that's a hard thing to get over. I'm trying to look at it in a different perspective. They took over fully in 2018. I'm going to judge them as owners from 2018. And I've been very happy with the job that's been done since 2018 to put us into this position. Other than the Super League, which was a chaotic thing that hope maybe even was a good thing in the end because we've learned from it and they've learned from that. And maybe it's something that needed to happen so that they know the consequences of doing something. They know the reaction they're going to get to hopefully stop stuff from happening like that in the future. So there you go. 
Um, <laughs> uh, let's go to Emily, who says, Tom, what do you see slash wish to happen in January? What do I see happening? I do see Arsenal investing. I do see Arsenal bringing in at least one player. Uh, I hope it's two, because my wish, Emily, for the January window is certainly to see uh, a kind of Diogo Jota-style forward brought in that can cover left, right, middle. If it's a Mikhailo Mudrik, I know he's more of a wide player than central, but I certainly think that he's got scope to cover across both sides at least. I'd love to see a player like that come in. And of course, the, the player that's going to come in and help to deal with any potential Thomas Partey absences, be that a Danilo, uh, be that somebody else. That's what I want to see. That's what I hope will happen. And that's what I feel as though there's a good chance will happen of seeing one or two players in those two positions coming in. We are being linked with players. Of course, the Arsenal transfer show will resume in December um, and that will take over the Arsenal news show, which will then resume again in February. But, you know, there is a lot to be excited about and I'm hoping that we tackle the January transfer window with the view with it being a massive opportunity for Arsenal this season. I do think the World Cup will massively impact what happens in January, of course. Uh, Emmanuel says, would you like to see Eddie start against Leeds? I feel he deserves a start. No, I don't. I think that uh, Eddie will start the game against Buda Glimt on Thursday and Jesus should rightly come back in for the game on Sunday. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, have you heard back about Patino's contract? Not yet. Still chasing that line, mate. As soon as I hear something, I'll let you know. Um, Dave says, potentially a left centre-back, I'd say, but I value Gabriel's style of play. It complements Saliba. Um I think that the thing about Gabriel, and I'm actually going to write something about Gabriel today. I want to do a deeper dive into Gabriel, look at some of the positives, look at the really good kind of numbers that are coming out of Gabriel's season, perhaps dispel some myths around Gabriel. So look out for that article. I'm hopefully going to upload that a little bit later on this afternoon um, because I want to do a deeper dive into Gabriel. and, uh, And yeah, hopefully see what happens with that one. Um, let's go to Dan. He says, hi, Tom. What do you think about Tommy Asu and Sliver pairing at centre-back due to Tommy Asu's ampedalness um, and good reader of the game? No, Gabriel is, is balanced. Our back four is balanced. Keep Gabriel in the team. We don't need to move things around at the moment. We're top of the league. I'm not changing our back four. It's as simple as that. Uh, Ollie says, I 100% agree with the Zads. We can look at young players, but our priority is top players, especially a number six. Look, when we're talking about players that are going to come in and compete for the starting eleven. Absolutely. But you still need to find those young stars. You still need to find and scout those young players because that's why we've got a player like Martinelli. That's why we've got a player like Saliba because we went out and we invested in a young player that wasn't necessarily a starter when we bought them, but is developing into world-class players. You need to go out and do that. It's part of what makes big teams successful and Arsenal have done it brilliantly so. Uh, let's go to uh, Matt. He says, hey, Tom, what Prem teams have a better set of substitutes uh, when fit than Tierney, Tommy, Fabio Vieira, Smith-Rowe and Ketia? Uh, remember that Smith-Rowe and Eddie had 15 goals and three assists last year and are Prem proven. It's a great point, Matt, and discussed this actually yesterday. Arsenal's sub-bench in comparison when everybody's fit to a lot of other teams is very good. I'd say only when you have fully fit squads, the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City are potentially stronger than Arsenal's. So Arsenal have a very good bench. The problem with Arsenal's squad overall is we've got a lot of players that find themselves injured more often than not. And that's the biggest problem and kind of challenge that we currently face at the moment. Um, Thabo says the fact that we got through the North London derby and the Liverpool games without Xhaka being booked is a miracle in itself. I actually don't agree with this. The reason why I don't agree with this is because the reason why Xhaka's not necessarily seeing as many bookings as he is is because he's playing in this new role. The role that is not 
exposing him as a player that can't necessarily play the best of his abilities in the deepest position. If you put Xhaka, as he has been so mistakenly put for so many years, in the deeper midfield role, what you find is you get a player that hasn't got the mobility and the turn and the recovery speed to deal with plenty of problems defensively like Partey can. And so therefore, when a player bursts past him with quite relative ease on the counter or on the turnover, he fouls them and gets yellow cards. You know, and then also I think what helps is that we're winning games, the mentality's higher, the mood is higher, and so we aren't creating too many problems for ourselves. But I actually don't think it's a miracle. I think it's more strategic. I think it's more pointed. I think it's because we are playing Xhaka further forward in a better position that highlights his strengths, and we're not putting him in a deeper role that actually accentuates a lot more of his weaknesses. I think that's actually closer to the bone of what it actually is. Uh, Roy says, aren't we in a tricky situation now? If we get someone like Vinicius Jr., what do we do? Or Vlaovic or Bernardo Silva? Just giving examples, not targets. Who then do we drop? Uh, Roy, it's a good problem to have. I wouldn't call it tricky. I'd call it, what would I call it? I'd call it exciting. You know, it's an exciting situation to be in that where you're looking around, you're looking at players and you're thinking, where on earth are we going to play them if we sign them? I like that. I like that a lot. I think fair play. Bring a Fabio Vieira in. If he's not good enough to start, you know, get him in those other games, get him scoring, get him hungry, get him fighting for his place. And that when we get an injury, if Saka or Erdegaard or Xhaka, any of those get injured, for me, I think Vieira comes into any of those positions first. And so therefore, you know, he's got opportunities still to play. That's a good thing to have, a really good thing to have. Uh, Gabenga says, hi, Tom. Now that Tommy Asu is a new revelation at left back, do you see Zinchenko being deployed as a left-sided number eight and we can give Xhaka some rest? Maybe in the Europa League games, potentially, because Xhaka's at the moment playing all of those games. He's playing every game every week. So, yes, I think it's a fair point. I think Zinchenko definitely could cover at left-sided eight. Tommy Asu could definitely cover at left-back if we need him there. But I don't think that will happen. I think Tierney would come in at left-back. I think Tommy Asu would go to right-back and Zinchenko would go into the left eight, probably in the Europa League games. If we're playing Premier League games, it's going to be the same. It's going to be White. It's going to be Xhaka. It's going to be Zinchenko. It's going to be what it is. But I think for those Europa League games, yeah, we can give Xhaka a rest potentially playing Zinchenko in the midfield. Um, Jim says, hi, Tom. Being an old guy, I have wondered if I would ever see Arsenal winning the league again in my lifetime. Lately, things look so much more positive. Yeah, you know, Jim, in a way, you're very lucky that you saw some amazing things in the past of Arsenal. You know, flip the, the script. There's a lot of young fans that have never seen some of the things that I know that you have seen uh, at Arsenal. But it is great, you know, to be in a position where hopefully we can look toward and look forward to um, maybe Arsenal doing something special in the near future. That would be absolutely wonderful. There are people that are, we've lost, you know, this channel in particular, we've lost our good friend Vinny, um, who I know will be, you know, would have been so delighted with how this season's gone and so delighted with how Granit Xhaka is playing in particular. Yeah, he he would have been over the moon. Uh, Mike says, love the US, uh, love from the US. Uh, never been more enthused to wake up early AM to watch the mighty Arsenal. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, S. Berkey Boyce says, Tom, I watched Arteta's first interview again. The guy is delivering on his word so far and I'm fully on board. Uh, Adnan says, DGT, I think Kante as a replacement for El Nini would be good. You know, I said this last year and I kind of look back in a bit of reflection now and think, wow, bit of maybe a bullet dodged his injury record is just just not good enough his injury record for me is just nowhere near stable enough now I think that was proven after he got injured once again 
think his wages is just not worth the amount of game time that you'd actually get for him. So it's always good to look back at some of your old opinions and thoughts and comments with reflection and think, actually, I think we can get something better and more reliable than Angola Kante. Uh, let's scroll down. I feel like I'm missing loads of questions out that are being put in. In the new part, uh, Highbury score. What on earth are you doing up this early, Soph? Uh, looking like the milk tray man today. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, Ian says, Tom, so uh, lots of points being made about not finding a competitor for Partey, but Mikel Arteta wants Partey to play in a specific way, which Partey was not accustomed to at Atletico Madrid, but he was a top, top midfielder. Of course, you can always, you know, bend players, make them more malleable. If, if they're malleable, malleable enough, you can mould them into what you want. And Arteta will certainly, with the scouts at his disposal, be looking for players that are, if they're not currently playing in the midfield, you know, in an area that they want Partey to have a competitor, to be able to have the abilities to be mouldable, be changeable, and to, you know, you know, discover them that they can play in a better position. That's what you want to see. Uh, let's go to Amira who says, do you believe us playing against the other big six at home or away first? While home wins early in the season can build confidence and momentum, I'd rather get the tough away games out and done with. Of course, we've got Old Trafford out the way. We will go to Stamford Bridge in November. If we can get a win there, that would be absolutely massive. I don't think, I can't remember the last time we won at Stamford Bridge three times in a row, three years in a row. That would be quite something to behold. We have a good record there. You know, Chelsea will be nervous about Arsenal coming once again to Stamford Bridge because we have such a good record in their ground. And we have the best team that we've ever had going into that game as well. I'm looking forward to it. No fear. Ultimate confidence. We can absolutely go get a result at Stamford Bridge once again with an even better team. Uh, Morgan says, do you think Martinelli's career would have been different if he didn't get injured? Potentially disappointing loans, bench, frustration. Seems like it all came together. Things happen for a reason, I guess, Morgan. It's a fair point. Maybe if he doesn't get that injury and doesn't have that time off and other players don't disappoint in his absence, that maybe he doesn't. That said, Smith-Rowe came through and dealt really well when Smith, when Martinelli wasn't necessarily there um, toward kind of the latter end of Martinelli's absence. And then those both obviously fought for their places in the team. So maybe... Things happen for a reason, I guess, Morgie. <laughs> uh, Christopher says, Tom, should we be signing Sebastian Frey to be competition for Ramsdale? I, I think you're living about 10 years in the past, Chris, are you not? Uh, Paul says, hi, Tom. Take the Terminator out of City squad. Which group of players do you prefer? You know, City squad is still packed full of quality and depth. You aren't necessarily going to... Uh, there's a reason why without Haaland, they've still won four of the last five seasons. So prefer... It is a very different thing. I like our squad more. I like it's, I have more attachment to it just naturally. But in terms of quality, the city's depth is something of, of of folklore. It's ridiculous. So you know, it's not as easy to just say, "Oh, I prefer ours because you take Haaland out." You know, City has still won four of the last five titles without him. So it's going to be a challenge whether Haaland is fit or not. Uh, Jack says, whilst Ben White is full of confidence and our defence is playing really well, it would be a good game to play maybe in the Europa League to try him as a six. He seems he can do no wrong at the moment. I wouldn't be against the idea of trying it and seeing what he's capable of doing in that position. But I'm also very conscious of overworking Ben White. Uh, one game a week for him, I think, is fine. But if you need to use him in uh, off the bench, potentially coming off the bench in midfield, maybe that might work. That could work indeed. Uh, keyboard says, Tom, who do you think was responsible for Firmino's goal? I think it might be Saliba. 
the pass through to Firmino is one of those that is very, very difficult to defend. So I wouldn't necessarily look towards that. I'd need to watch it back to see how the turnover of possession happened. Um, off the top of my head, though, those types of passes are very, very difficult to defend. That's why Odegaard's pass to Martinelli got through. Very difficult to defend indeed. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We're going to wrap things up there. Do drop a like before you go. Really would appreciate it. Check out the link in the description. You could win yourself tickets to the Arsenal against Buddha Glimpse game and a signed Arsenal shirt from the 2022 23 squads early bird price is available so don't miss out on your chance to get some money off your tickets fantastic opportunity to win a great prize there as i say link in the description do get involved uh do of course check if you are indeed subscribed because it's mad how many of you my analytics are telling me aren't still uh, and we are closing on that massive forty thousand subscriber number it'd be amazing to hit that before christmas um so thank you for the continued support as always i'll see you uh, at 10 a.m. over on the Arsenal way this morning, so only in just under an hour and a half time. And then I'll see you again this evening at 6 p.m. on this channel to preview Buddha Glimpse away at Arsenal. Intriguing game, this one indeed. Have a fantastic Tuesday, people, uh, as we look forward to Arsenal winning their next game very, very soon indeed. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.